0: I love they fucking, I love you guys. You called out the, the oil check during the 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 Shogun. Fucking,
1: oh, he fuck. was doing oh, some yeah.
0: some Turkish oil wrestling. If you guys haven't seen, yeah, it's Turkish oil wrestling. They uh, that's a con. They 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 have the old the old hands down the pants maneuver. That happens a lot. The old dick twist. You really see the dick twist get used in Turkish oil wrestling. My old roommate from Turkey showed us some 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 footage on YouTube. So it's not. Porn.
2: what is up guys welcome back to the smash cast it is smash sunday we are fresh off the fights davison figuero defending his 125 pound flyweight title against alex perez with a first round guillotine submission just caught it out of nowhere had some mad scrambles on the ground and just the second he sees him anywhere near him, wraps that arm around, gets him in that guillotine, and what an, what an easy night, honestly, for Davison and mm-hmm.
0: what, what do we have to say that hasn't already been said? The man is, uh, is, is terrifying. He is a terrifying ball of fury that, you know, despite his size, scares me more than most fighters on the roster. He wants you to feel pain that's, I think that's all. If he can walk out of there with you hurt, then that's, then he's happy. The and then god of secondary. war,
2: man.
1: The god of like, war. But what's oh weird god, is that he's he was 125 pounds. What's weird is that he's 120, he competes at 125 pounds is one of the scariest fighters on the roster.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. When you look at the guy, he looks jacked. He looks mean. That's the difference. That's what Dana was saying. Actually, someone asked, what's the difference between, like, we, they were looking at maybe shutting down the flyweight division, and you comp- you compare him to a guy like, of course, uh, like DJ, like, I mean, John Johnson, who was, of course, that flyweight champion for so many years and had it so many times and was at the peak of the sport, number one pound for pound-, pound of the world. But he didn't have that meanness to him, right? He was a true mm-hmm. martial artist, and he still is a true martial artist. But Davison comes in, and he's an easy guy to market because – you just show his highlight reel, and you're like, fuck. Like, I was showing my roommates the highlight reels of him and Perez, and it was just finish after finish after finish, and they all look so fast, so brutal, so explosive. And it's just like, you don't expect this out of the 125-pound guys. You expect these, these to be the fights where it's a lot more, maybe, maybe just – point fighting right you expect these guys to touch each other up but not really do any real damage they're too small to really hurt each other but no davison Figueto comes to take your head off or rip your head off with his fucking yeah. guillotine mm-hmm.
0: yeah guy's a guy's an animal god he looked jacked like for his size he he's a fucking like a picture of health right there this guy's got like just he's like got like chimp muscles he's just like no fat just trimmed off all the imperfections and he's just left as, like, the, the the ideal, perfect man. Fuck Costa. Fuck Costa. Davison Figueiredo. He is the <laughs> king of bitches.
2: He is a fucking beast. The man comes from the jungle, right? And he, so you can you can imagine the man must have have just have incredible athletic ability to be – because he, he's growing up, moving through crazy terrain. I'm sure he's moving quickly, moving slowly. He, I'm sure he was hunting at one point. The guy is just – a freak of nature and he's an animal. He's a wild animal out of the octagon and in the octagon. Mm -hmm. Um, So now with that win, it appears like Dana wants to turn him around very, very quickly. So on just three weeks time, Dana wants him to take on Brandon Moreno, who also got a great win in the prelim headliner of last night. Um, This to me sounds like a great idea on paper, except for the weight cut. Davis Figueroa mm. has already missed weight a number of times. He missed weight in key moments, like that first Benavidez fight. Like, how can he miss weight in a title fight? And now he has mm. to cut weight twice in 21 days? That, to me, does not sound like a recipe for success.
0: Well, I mean, on, on a three-week notice, I mean, the problem is Dana's been a bit of a gangster this year. He's been, and I mean that in a very negative way, he has been oh. Like telling fighters, like you know, giving them terrible deals. And then, you know, they don't accept oh, they don't want to fight it. They're not interested in fighting. They just they see Dustin Poirier told me he did not want to fight. Like, come on, shit like that. And you got guys like uh, Whitaker who are just like, Yeah, I wanna have like Christmas at home with my kids, so I don't want to fight until next year. He doesn't want to, fight. He, he's, he's, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but he's, he's fucking loser. He doesn't want he, to fight. He
2: refuses. So, he refused the title fight. He doesn't yeah, want to fight out. Refused, of Sonya. Yeah, He, he refuses. It's like, no, he's like, I'll do
0: it later. I want it. So Dana has been a fucking gangster this year. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure on fighters to like, especially, you know, a guy like Figueredo, who's like a, a new champion, you know, like there, there's a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, just fall in line and do what Dana wants. And, um, so it's hard to say whether Figueiredo is I mean, you know, going into this with the actually, like, let me complete just, willingness.
2: Can I quickly jump, jump in? To your point, I, I found it really interesting. I didn't, I didn't think of it myself, but what did Dana say when he was talking about Figueiredo? He didn't say, oh, I'm going to see if we can turn him around. I'd like, to, I'd like him to fight. He said, I'm not letting him go back to Brazil. He didn't say, I, I, I'm <laughs> going to talk to his manager, see if we can keep him around in Vegas a little longer. Maybe we can turn him around for another fight. No, I'm not letting him go back to Brazil. What a fucking gangster!
0: Mm-hmm. The way you, again, I want to throw, I want to say, gangster in this situation is a bad thing. Yes, oh, Dana i Dana White. It. He he didn't want to come on our podcast. I messaged him. I sent <laughs> Dana a
2: DM on Instagram.
0: Not only did he not, he didn't even read it. He wow. did not even read left- my my DM.
2: Wow, what a dick! All right, well, Dana, you're you're out of you're out of the smash uh, the smash cast. Good books.
0: Yep. And uh, honestly, I just I don't see you you know maintaining your your job for much longer with um, I mean, I, this kind I mean, of behavior.
2: You're, we're gonna see in, in, in six in six months time they're gonna come back begging us for for a fucking interview, begging us for an interview. But yep. we'll see what we decide then. We'll see how they we'll see how they how it. behave. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> fuck dana um, do you have anything else to add on davison pigueto i mean it was just such a such a dominant performance so short i don't know how much more there is to really say mm-hmm. anyone have any any last um, mo- points perfect transition from when
1: uh you know he got taken down and just yes. rolled right over and like mm-hmm. it was flawless like as he turned his arm just scooped around his head and sunk in the guillotine like it was mm-hmm. beautiful to watch muscle memory that, like, that like hanging yeah. when he, when he dropped out of that uh that
0: takedown uh, attempt or into the from the clinch into that like leg wrap where he was like pole dancing on the legs. That was very uh. They call it very half guard actually.
2: They call it half guard, but <laughs> pole <laughs> dancing it, on the leg is.
0: <laughs> I call it pole dancing.
2: <laughs> when well, next, uh, it... next time I go to BJJ class, I'll, I'll 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 say okay, I'm gonna go, I'm trying to get I got I, I got from guard. I was able to pass one of the legs, so it was pole dancing on his other leg at that mm. point.
1: They well, call it pole dancing and fight circus. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly.
0: it's, it's like the old saying goes: pole dancing is the best basis for MMA. Oh, of course, yeah. Core yeah, strength. I, yeah, of course. <laughs> did you guys know that the poles? I didn't know this. This is unrelated to the fights. I did not realize for a very long time that the poles themselves rotate. Oh yeah, that, that that's that's the classic uh the classic they they fuck with you that way. It's like I thought that they were just. This is just like an extraordinarily act which it is still an extraordinary act of athleticism but like i thought there was like a i don't know it's like a lot of grease involved and uh i guess it's a little bit disappointing to learn that that uh, is not yeah,
2: the case it, it, it's the uh it's the young adults version of uh of finding out that santa doesn't exist yeah so um <laughs> well moving on to our other flyweight <laughs> championship bout valentina Shevchenko defends her belt in not quite as dominant fashion as one might expect. And yet I say that, but she still won four rounds to one. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's amazing to see a woman win four rounds to one and people to be disappointed in somehow in her performance almost. Um, She had a very interesting strategy, I thought. Um, She took down Maya, what, 30 seconds into the fight? When she clearly has the advantage on the feet, she's clearly faster. She's clearly um, more well-rounded. I had a very strong feeling based on that game plan that she didn't want to stand up. It was clear she doesn't want to stand up in the first three rounds, right? Like she was clearly taking her down immediately. I think it was mm-hmm. one of, for one of two reasons. Either one, she might have still been injured. That MCL injury, she had surgery on it, on her knee. Um, it's possible she hadn't been training as much on the feet, or she's still dealing with that injury a little bit and doesn't want to stand up, or doesn't want to in re-injure, or does isn't quite as active as she wants to be on the feet, and so she wants to eliminate that problem of being on the ground. Or my other my other theory: Valentina notoriously does not train for her opponent. Valentina just trained MMA. She just says that's my lifestyle. That's what I do. I just train all day. I live MMA but she doesn't actually necessarily have a training camp that's built around a game plan for the opponent. And because of that, she's going to be always in the training room, classically just doing kickboxing, Muay Thai, and transitioning right into the wrestling, right into the takedowns. It's just what her muscle memory has been doing for so long because she's just training in general. With Jennifer Mayo, as we know, that's maybe not the best, uh, the best game plan. Of course, she still won, so of course we can't really take that much away from it. But it's not the game plan you would have expected against Jennifer Mayo But when Mm. she's training this anyway, even if she's thinking actively, I don't want to take her down. When you're in the octagon and you're just going through the motions, your muscle memory takes over. And I think she just was going for the takedown out of muscle memory. And I think that might've been part of what was happening in addition, perhaps to a little bit of an injury scenario.
1: It also could have been that, um, you know, Maya is no slouch on the feet either. Like she was uh, handling the strikes pretty well and exchanging pretty well. And Mm -hmm. uh, she had some great counters and that, you know, maybe um, Valentina wanted to bring her down to the ground a little bit, M- you know, maybe suffer, uh, suffer a round um, and uh, sort of uh, like get Maya to drain her energy a bit and like build some, you know, lactic acid in her arms. So in rounds four and five, she can come back and
2: strike without her having a, without Maya having like good defense. Or good power. Because Maya has mm-hmm. power. Maya's knocked some girls mm-hmm. out. So I think that that also could be it, right? She wants to slow down those arms and and and, and get rid of the, a bit of that power, so she doesn't have quite the same pop, and she doesn't have to worry about being knocked out in the, in the fourth and fifth, and she can kind of mm-hmm. just work her striking, work her flow, and just outpoint her and maybe get the finish, which she didn't. But that's kind of to credit of Maya instead of uh, I wouldn't say that that's to, to to Valentina's detriment. I think Maya is just such a tough girl. Valentina mm-hmm. hits her with some some solid shots, and Maya kept mm-hmm. coming forward and was in there to win. In the fifth round, when Maya came out, she knew she was down, and she came out saying, "I'm going to take her down, finish her out, like just get a submission." And like, her coach was motivating her, and she responded. It was impressive. Just Valentina is too good. Mm-hmm.
1: It was a very competitive fight, and like totally un- for me unexpected. I-, yeah. I thought Valentina was just going to her, but um, but I mean, both their stock went up, so it's good.
2: I mean, I, 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 I yeah. Uh, there's a, i guess two more points i want to bring up to uh in here so first of all um this reminds me a little bit of a gsp kind of scenario so we see sometimes those champions that are dominant for a while that were getting a lot of big finishes at the start that were when working working their way up were very exciting fighters uh after a while you see this in john jones as well they start settling down a little bit they're not really getting finishes mm-hmm. anymore they're a little bit more defensive They're a bit more for lack of better terms boring fights just not as action-packed, packed not as risky as you saw earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, once they start defending for the fourth, fifth time, so we saw this in John Jones. We saw this with GSP moving to much more wrestling-based game, uh, and I think we're starting to see this with Valentina as well. We saw that Liz Carmouche fight that went to the full five rounds wasn't super exciting, wasn't super offensive. We saw Amanda Nunes as well. She started to move a bit more into the wrestling, a bit more into the safer style, like we saw in that in that GDR fight. So mm-hmm. I think it's just it might be a bit a little bit of that of hey, if you want to defend a belt in MMA 10 times, you can't be taking risks every time because mm-hmm. as good as you are, MMA is just too unpredictable of a sport and eventually something is going to happen. And so it just might be, that's kind of one of those more mature MMA style transitions that we're seeing her make. Mm-hmm. No, you seem like mm-hmm. you're on the edge of you know, something. Once you know,
0: once, as you age, I guess, yeah, it, it becomes... It, it, it's like, you know, as, as you get a little older, you just, you, I guess, you know, like other you know areas in your life, you just don't see as much value. I guess it's the flashy stuff. You just, you do what works, you do, what's going to keep you from feeling uh, damaged. And I think, as I think, I've, I've spoken on uh, the podcast before about, I think that there's a, an element of as you gain more experience in uh, MMA as you and, you know, get older at the same time and become a veteran, I think that you lose a little bit of the, uh, the, um, killer instinct i think that you're not as interested in like hurting, hurting people mm-hmm. and i think i don't think that happens to everyone certainly it doesn't um but you know i think that for a lot of long-time champions people who hold on to the belt for a long time who are at the same time getting like the most possible veteran experience while also just getting older i think a combination of those things will also just impact just yeah. how aggressive they are I- in general
2: can I just actually build on that point, and then Adam, you can go ahead. Um, I just want to say, and not necessarily big champions. I would say the, it's the longtime martial artists that we see this more in. Um, we, uh, John Jones, I wouldn't say has lost that killer instinct. I think he's East. He might not be as offensive anymore, but I don't think he's, he doesn't want to hurt people in there. <laughs> I think it's the martial artists, the GSP, the Valentinas, those and, and and the amanda is who are not in there to hurt people from the first place they're in there to be the best martial artists that they can be those mm-hmm. are the ones that might lose the kill the, the killer instinct a little bit later on adam what were you saying what we're you gonna say
1: i was just gonna say like i think it's important uh for these fighters to take the risk when going to the top but when they're at the top they don't want to risk that um as frequently because you know them being offensive puts them at risk for getting defeated so that's why they have to be a little bit more on the defensive side as they uh Rock up, uh, title
2: defenses. Yeah, you can also be re- more risky when you have less to lose and when you have more to gain, right? If you get a big knockout right. win, and, and you have a better chance of getting a title shot. If you lose, yeah, you have to work your way up again, but you don't didn't just lose your belt. And when you lose a belt, it's hard to get another a rematch, and, and hard, hard to get your belt back. Um, and there's, there's a lot more at stake. Um, the last thing I was going to mention. Max all the way. And that, what do you mean he uh, he got a rematch? Right, but he, now he got but, the rematch
0: very easily. He
2: did. Okay, fine. Um, but I will say so. The other thing. Um, so a lot of people for a long time have been talking about this trilogy fight between Valentina and Amanda Nunes. And as I was watching this fight, there's one thing I was thinking again and again and again, and it's that Valentina has no chance against Amanda. And the reason I say this is because Jennifer Maya was stronger than Valentina in there. Jennifer Maya was able to push her against the fence, hold her against the fence, grind her out. Jennifer was too much to hand, was too much to dominate on the ground. Yes, she wasn't. She wasn't getting up. She wasn't really sweeping her or anything. But Valentina wasn't as dominant as you would expect. Jennifer was on top of her and doing damage. And I just kept on thinking, if that was Amanda in there, Amanda would be destroying her. Amanda on top of you is not something a Valentina, I think, could handle anymore. I just think that Amanda's too big and too strong for Valentina. Even if she puts on another 10 pounds and goes up to 135, I just don't think it's doable. However, Dana mentioned actually similar kind of he didn't give the same reasoning he didn't say that he's not re- interested in Amanda because of the, the size difference or whatever he said what he would prefer is actually a Zhang Wei Li moving up and fighting on inviting uh, Valentina for a champ champ status at 125 and I think that is a much more compelling fight a much more competitive fight that's a fight I would much rather see um and I think that someone that can actually challenge a man uh, a man sorry Valentina especially if she can get through her next challenger and Jessica Andraj.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Like, since she has two losses to Amanda, I mean, it, it kind of doesn't make sense to uh, go for a trilogy right away. Like, like, I think you can still build Valentina up even more. And, you know, once she has, like, an unreal amount of uh, title defenses, you know, then she can sort of move up and maybe challenge her. But at the end of the day, I agree with you. I, I don't think that's a competitive fight. I mean, P- um, Amanda always says she's so humble. She's like, you know, I'm really just like a, a BJJ uh, fighter. You know, I, like I have incredible Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm not a great striker, but like she, she can strike pretty fantastically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, th- I think uh, a fight that would make more sense is uh, Wei Li moving up.
2: I think maybe if she beats Wei Li, if, be- if she beats Zhang Wei Lee, then I-, I guess you can start to argue, okay, you know what, Amanda's all she has left. If she beats mm-hmm. both Jessica Andrade and Zhang Wei Li, I mean now, now you really can't you can't deny her that that opportunity, but I just think that yes, Valentina will have the will have the speed. I don't think she'll have the power advantage. I wish she won't have the power advantage over Amanda. I don't think she has enough power to put Amanda out. And I think Amanda's Amanda's takedowns and, and, and BJJ ability is just gonna be too much for Valentina and her and her size mm-hmm. and strength. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our featured Bout of the Night we had some These drama the joke of the night <laughs> um, drama over the course of the uh, of, of the week with mike with platinum mike perry who took on tim means tim means grinding out a decision uh that was a great fight honestly that was a classic power versus boxer tim means was boxing mike that first round mike was all, almost got that submission that rear naked choke just uh, as a side note i don't know how the judge possibly gave Tim Means that round. Because even on the feet, mm-hmm. I thought it was very close. Mike actually hit the, the bigger shots on the feet. Tim Means mm-hmm. might have gotten a, a few more shots than Mike. But I think it was all Mike for that round. It was, there was no argument oh, yeah. for Tim Means. but That was a 29-28
0: fight. Easy. But
2: Tim Means in that second round... And towards the end of that first round, started working those jabs, man. Those jabs were crazy, Mm -hmm. keeping Mike at bay. There wasn't a single time he threw a single jab. He threw two, three jabs at a time. They came from different angles. It wasn't straight, straight. It was straight around, Mm -hmm. little uppercuts. It was just weird angles in Mike's face, annoying him. But Mike kept moving forward and you saw the damage accumulating on that Mm -hmm. guy's face. His nose must've been broken. He was busted up. Both his eyes were were all swollen. It was just a great fight by both guys. Um, I still think, regardless of all, the, of all the drama, which we get into in a second, Mike Perry's stock still went up. As a fighter, I want to watch Mike Perry again.
1: Yeah. Strictly as a fighter, I would say, I, I guess.
2: Yeah. But uh, I, I
1: think the, his character uh, weighs too heavily on, on his career. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. He's not, and you know what? If he was as good as a guy like Connor, maybe it would be enough for me as an audience member to uh, set aside. But he's not that good. And who the fuck miss who the fuck lose misses weight by five
2: pounds? It does happen. It does happen. Like, then rare. who's on but who's missing weight both, by that and he, then he took so much shit
1: beforehand though.
0: Also,
1: eating. Like, not not to interrupt, but uh, like from last week when Paul Felder gave that huge speech about you. I come in here on you know five <laughs> days' notice. I cut all this weight. I was dead Thursday night, and even in the embedded, like Paul and him meet in the uh, in the atrium of the hotel, and they're like talking. Um, I don't know. It, it was just. It was just a strange
2: experience. And, and by the way, just quick shout out to Paul Pelder. Pel- fall- oh, wow. Paul, <laughs> 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 Paul Pelder. So Paul Pelder, uh, who, who fought on this last weekend and then on, on five days notice fights instead of commentating. And then two days, or three days after that, he comes in and commentates Dana White's contender series. Three days after his five round, five days notice fight what a legend, Paul Felder. But back into the Mike Perry situation, yes, absolute travesty. The way he was bragging about the cheeseburger he ate earlier in the week, the that that turkey bacon wrap or whatever he ate on like Thursday morning, yes, that was a disaster of a weight cut. And I think I, I think he has one last chance. If he misses weight, if something like that happens again, he's not in the UFC. But Dana said he's so much fun to watch. He said, like just. Uh, I I, I want to watch him again, and that's and that's why I'm keeping him around. Uh, in the in that post post no, wow, I can't talk today. Post fight press conference. Reason, those, those P's and those F's are getting swapped today. Um, um but yeah, I I, it, I he, he, he he was going in for the finish. If you looked at that, at that third round, even while he was hurt, even while he was getting eaten alive, Mike Perry did not at all mm-hmm. slow down. He was going and trying to kill Tim Means, and it made for a good entertaining fight. Yeah. Mm. It was
1: entertaining. You know, I, I think Perry uh, needs some needs some guidance. I still don't understand why it's only his girlfriend. I mean, he, I think he had one or two other people in this, somebody. this time. Who was yeah.
2: that guy?
1: I, I think it was just a friend or something. Yeah, yeah somebody. Yeah. Body. Okay. Um, But to have no coach and, like, uh, completely going through this uh, alone, it, it kind of gives just uh, – you're giving yourself the image of a journey, man. Mm-hmm. I,
0: he, like, he's, God, he is fun. And I do enjoy watching him fight. But, yeah, Adam, you're on the money. He needs some guidance. He needs a proper, he needs, like, yeah, just a therapist. He needs a goddamn therapist. Although, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, him having his girlfriend in there. I think there's an argument, like, you know, some people need technical advice in there. But Mike Perry's not, you know,
2: he, a doesn't technical listen. Guy. Well, no, he, he doesn't listen anyway. He
0: doesn't. So he just he's a guy who needs motivation. And like, you know, some people that's that's he what they're Grounding. What they need. He needs You're grounding. He'll never be he, a championship I, fighter. Never. Yeah. But to oh, win but fights,
1: the, sometimes all he needs is that little bit of a push, probably. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that too. But I, I think the other thing is he I think he could benefit from learning how to listen um yes. while well being cornered.
2: Yeah, he's I mean, like, we're firmly usher usher taking Ross the position or something though.
0: like that. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think it's, realistic. That, that's never going to happen. No, so it's never it, developed to that. Point. So
2: Noah, it's like he, 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 he doesn't, he's not coachable and that's the problem, right? He's not mm-hmm. a coachable fighter, but he's clearly a very, very good fighter. Very, very talented. He has, he has the physical gifts. He clearly has just that, that, that killer instinct. He has the mm-hmm. toughness and he, he sees things like you can, when you watch him fight, He's got some good technique. He's he knows what's happening. He sees what's happening. If he was coachable, he could unlock some real potential. And to your point, Noah, right now he cannot be a championship fighter because an uncoachable athlete. At maybe and maybe the heavyweight division is an exception there, but at 170, an uncoachable athlete at 155, an uncoachable athlete cannot be the champion. But if he was coachable. And he had a guy, to your point, Adam, like for us, he could potentially be a top five fighter. I think he has everything except for the coachability to be that guy.
0: Yeah, but that's like saying like, oh man, this guy could easily be like a, a, the greatest triathlete of all time. If only he had legs.
2: No, man. No, no. It's a a waste of potential. No, it's a waste of potential is is what I'm saying. It's like you don't even see people with all these things. Even in the UFC, most guys are not as tough as Mike Perry. You don't see people get their nose as busted as Mike Perry does and still try to eat the guy and still try to kill the guy, right? Um, You don't Mm -hmm. see guys with the power of Mike Perry. You've seen how many one-shot knockouts he has. That's craziness. You don't see the guys... With the, with the physical attributes of Mike Perry. He's a very, very talented individual. It's just the coachability. It's such a shame.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that coachability
2: <laughs> is the biggest.
1: Yeah, it's never going to change. That's never going to happen. I, I just remembered something. I want to quickly note that um, in the uh, Embedded this week, uh, Joaquin Buckley and him were, uh, and Mike Perry were like signing posters. And um, Joaquin was like, you know you're such an exciting fighter, whatever you got that like cool, cool elbow KO uh, over uh, Ellenberger, and uh, Joaquin was like, "Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like you're making that run to that belt right now, hey, eh? You're about to get that belt." And my head almost like really like off of, a win off Mickey Gull. That's he's ready to fight for the yeah. title. <laughs> Two all together, so so fighters
0: talking you know talking about their dreams
2: i would say so so individuals and that we're going to get to joaquin buckley quite soon before we do let's finish off that main card we did also have paul craig and shogun hua paul craig potentially retiring shogun with a second round tko victory Mm. pretty brutal uh and dana said that he would like to see shogun hang it up Mm -hmm. what do you guys think should shogun fight again
0: No, he tapped the strikes. That's, that's, for a legend like him, that's, you know, that's the point where you hang it up. That's, that's like, that's, there's no better sign that it's over than tapping from strikes. He uh, has had, like, you know, we talk a lot about legends, right? We talk a lot about legends on this show. Well, I mean, I put him down usually, so. Yeah which may be based on, you know, this fight, fine. But Shogun, I mean, listen, when you have a name like Shogun in a martial arts sport (laughs) and no one else has ever even tried to use that themselves, that shows how much of a legend Shogun Hua is. He should hang him up, retire. He is uh, an all-time great. Um, Not much else to say. I mean, listen, he... I hope that this is his last fight. It wasn't he didn't put on a a very impressive performance, um, which, you know, what are you going to do? He's 38, he's 30, he's 38 and he has more mileage on him than, you know, like most fighters in the entire UFC. He's easily in like top 10 most experienced fighters in the UFC roster. So put him out to pasture, you know, let, 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 let him retire. And, uh, and okay. hopefully, hopefully he sees that this is the end.
2: Adam, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, perhaps this isn't like the best gauge, but he, he looks pretty weathered. Like, you know, he didn't look like uh, the classic Shogun um, in this fight. But I mean, you know, he, he's had a lot of miles put on him. And, you know, what, what does he mean to prove? He's not going to you know win the title or anything or... There aren't any other big
2: names for him that he could beat, so might as well hang. Exactly, him up. but yeah, he is I, a legend, none the least. I, I nonetheless, yeah, and I, I think um I've I, I said this I've made this point a lot of times, right? At one point, you just got to ask, what are you fighting for? What's the reason that you're fighting? And is there anything left to prove? And I think the answer is no. There's nothing left to prove. He's not going to be a champion. What's the point? And I think it's time. I think he's he's had a, a fantastic career, and I think I think the fans seem ready. Dana seems ready hopefully shogun is ready as well to uh call it a career
0: although i will say, when it comes to what are you fighting for a lot of the time that's just straight up money sad that's the sad reality folks a lot of these legends you don't leave the sport not a whole lot of money yeah not a lot of guidance given to these guys on uh I mean, that, on, on maintaining that's their finances
2: that's sports, sports in, general. in general. it's a major issue
0: major major issue in sports in general yes
2: uh, all right, that's uh, we have a couple more fights to talk about on this card. Uh, we had a headlining bout, as we mentioned earlier, Brandon Moreno uh, taking on Brandon Royval and winning, and he will get the next fight against Davison Figueroa, hopefully or potentially this upcoming mm. December. Uh, what do you think of Brandon Moreno's performance in that big win over Brandon Royval, which Adam, we both predicted that Royval would win that fight last week. So I guess yeah. I'll let you start off on this one with our uh, with our falsehoods of last week, our, our bad predictions.
1: Yeah, um, I think Royval, he I think he's getting hit a little bit too much, and uh, it's not that he's getting uh, like it's not like he's on the verge of getting KO'd, but he's getting like stunned a lot. Mm. So uh, that allowed Moreno just to come in and like work through positions better, and you know do some more damage in those moments where he was like slightly stunned.
2: Okay, um, good point.
1: And uh, you know, it, it, I figured Roy Ball would have a little bit of a leg up on the ground, but I, Moreno had great defense. And um, when the fight stopped, I was like, "Oh no!" Uh, you know, there was only a few seconds left. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think I think he could have you know survived throughout the rest of the round and and moved on. But I didn't realize that he dislocated his uh, his shoulder. And then when yeah. he got up, I was like, "Oh god!" Because he, he was kind of like freaking out. On he looked ground. like he hurt his like, wrist oh, no, or something. Yeah,
0: but
2: yeah, it was I his guess- shoulder
0: you guys ever dislocated something?
2: I'm sure it's so painful. Also, so
0: I, I dislocated my shoulder um, once and then kind of came close to it a second time. It it hurts a lot, but it feels so fucking weird. Mm. It feels so fucking strange. It's like my body should not feel like this. And mm. um, it's extreme. Like when you see the people screaming, It there's a lot of there's pain. It's but it's ter- like terrified, terror. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Why is my right
2: arm now? not in my? Yeah, yeah. That, that so I, I can imagine. Horrible, that's a,
0: horrible feeling. <laughs> horrible. Yes.
2: Uh, so I hope. I guess I hope that there's no real permanent damage to Val's shoulder. Hopefully, he can. I'm sure there won't be. They, know you can. You can very much have you know, some bad, the, bad. The more
1: often your shoulder gets dislocated, yeah, uh, like the, the, the easier more frequently Then it, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it, uh,
0: it, it'll hurt for a little while, I'm sure. And the, but like a little exercise and just like, take it, take it a little easy. look get a little exercise and you know, a week or two it'll, it should feel, you know, <laughs> depending really on feels. how often he dislocates his goddamn shoulder. Of course.
2: It can, it can, you know, it, I I know people, it can really actually really affect your career, especially when you're wrestling, when you're doing all these things, if he, do, if he doesn't really, really take care of it and really build all those stabilizer muscles back, mm-hmm. he can easily dislocate it again. In the near future, and just completely fuck his career up by just having these frequent dislocations. This is actually a potentially really bad injury. We saw with Johnny Walker who dislocated his shoulder. He hasn't been the same since. No, i, I right? We, I don't think he hasn't. Yeah, no, to, hasn't gotten a knockout. Johnny Walker not being the
0: same since, though, has to do with him getting knocked out six, seven no, times. No, he fight. hasn't.
2: But he hasn't knocked out anyone since. He hasn't looked the same, and he was I out know. for nine months. He got surgery. No, dude, but my point I, is, I know, no, but I, I you don't, said in two that weeks scenario, be fine. You know. He took him nine months to come back. Even even if he came back and he was just the same, it took him nine months in a surgery. I, Two weeks
0: is not. I think there are any number weeks. of variables in the Johnny Walker story that can, you can like argue led to his moving from a hype train to like Fine, a but that's not. But, but the point is Noah. Regardless of that, I would just say it's that.
2: But regardless of that, it still took him nine months to come back from the the dislocation in the first place, and he had to get surgery. So you saying he'll be fine in two weeks, I think is not something we can say. We have no idea. He might actually have some serious damage. He might have to get surgery. He might be out for a year for all we know. This is actually very possible. This happens quite frequently in the UFC.
0: I'm going to preface my statement then with uh, I am not an MD. So (laughs) I'm talking shit.
2: Talking shit. All right. All right. Right before that Brandon versus Brandon fight, we actually had Joaquin Buckley, the man with the potential not, I think, actually, not the potential. I think it's going to be the knock it out of the year, unless something crazy happens yeah. later on. He had his comeback fight less about a month later against Jordan Wright, who was undefeated coming into this fight. Uh, I thought Buckley was too big of a favorite, to be honest. He's about a two and a half, almost three to one favorite. And He showed he was the rightful favorite. He came in. He almost finished Jordan early in the fight. Jordan managed to survive. but Then right, really late in that fight, Joaquin hit him with some big shots, hurt him bad, almost finished it. Jordan survived the round, came back out in the second, did not look in his corner or when he came out like he was fully recovered. He looked like he was a little bit gone, and Joaquin just walked in and finished the job um, brutally. That man has got some power in his hand oh yeah no kidding
0: i just um i'm curious i mean he's got a lot of hype behind him and you know he's got these you know two back-to-back phenomenal knockouts but i mean i'm not sure how well that translates to a really high level Of i mean like he lost to um what is it kevin holland yeah, he, um, he lost
2: to him on like a couple days' notice. He came in on like two or three days' notice against Kevin Holland, and he yeah. grounded out a decision against a guy who right now is on a five has won, I think, four fights in 2020, maybe five. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like in in hindsight, that that's not a bad loss at all against a top level guy on almost no notice in your UFC debut, and yeah, it wasn't a bad sure. loss.
0: All right. So uh, you know, maybe with a full camp, we see what happens when uh, you know if he fights someone uh, more high level next time, which he's absolutely getting. You know, they're gonna really work the hype train, especially with him getting a uh, second KO. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so I guess there's a, you know there's still a bunch of what ifs, but uh, you know, always a fighter you know who's exciting to tune in for. I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep tuning in
2: for his fights because. If they keep ending in finishes like that, then, uh, you know, let's go. So if they really want to hype up Buckley, if they really want to ride this hype train, there's one, I think, easy play to make. I think they gave him either a co-main or a main event or maybe a featured bout on a, on a main card. Something where they can really push some, some advertising money behind him and push the storyline. And they put him up against James Krause. Let's put a bit of a background to this. So Krause has been making the rounds recently on on make on some media. I think he was with some Mac Life. He made a, a, a long interview. Um, and James Krause. This is a man who's very very well respected. Very well respected fighter. Absolute beast in the octagon. Takes fights on short notice on short notice out of his weight class. This guy everyone respects. James Krause. He's also a top level coach. He he's he's probably the best active fighter coach. Sorry, active fighter cornerman. In the octagon, I think, maybe next to Brad Riddell. Him and Brad Riddell often corner top-level guys and do it very, 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 very well. Um, So everyone respects the shit out of James Krause. Well, James Krause has been saying that Joaquin Buckley has been kicked out of every gym in St. Louis. Um, That's where they both train out of. They're both based out of there. Joaquin Buckley does not come in to train. Joaquin Buckley does not come in to spar. He comes in to fight is what James Krause has been saying. He comes in, he he asked James, hey, can I train with you guys? James says, yeah, we train these days, these days, these days. He says, when's sparring day? And he says, no, it doesn't work that way. You don't just come come in on sparring day. If you want to train with us, you have to train with us. Well, Joaquin said, okay, well, I'm not coming in then. He comes in apparently and just knocks everyone out. He's not a good training partner. He's not a good teammate. And James Krause has had some words for him. James Crow said, "I'll fight him." James Crow is the 170er, by the way. Joaquin's 185. Mm-hmm. James does not give mm-hmm. a flying fuck. He will take him on. And Dana said he's heard of, he heard about it for the first time last night. And I think he'd be interested in making that fight. If you push that, I think both guys get a lot of good press. It's a lot mm-hmm. of bad blood, and it's a great fight with between two very capable fighters. I'm so hyped to see that fight. Yeah, yeah going it we have a
0: big grudge match. Let's do it.
2: Uh, I don't know when that would happen. I would, I would hope for like a January or something. That would be so cool. I think maybe even a, put that on the Connor card if you really want to. Uh, put it as like a, as a as a featured bet or something. Get some hype behind the guys. And I think Joaquin Buckley, look, at the end of the day, he is a guy that you can promote really well. He's only had a few mm-hmm. fights in the Octagon and they've all been great fights, all been great performances. Mm-hmm. As much as of a dick as he might be in the training room, if he's good in the Octagon and he's fun to watch, He's the guy that the UFC is going to put their money behind. What if they book
0: the uh, book like a like a Buckley Zelenoff fight, like a like a Charlie Zelenoff uh, Buckley fight? I <laughs> would meet watch up it in a local gym. Yeah, meet up in a local gym. Put
2: they can put a GoPros on their heads. And Zelenoff will come that, in with some fun. like with like brass knuckles underneath his gloves. I'm sure, and still get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I would love a... I, I would love to see they both
0: just happen to show up on the same day at the same gym, just like to do their thing of like, oh, let's spar. Okay, okay I'll I'll spar with you. And then they both go into knock each other out. I would love to see them both try and do that to each other as a fluke. I'd That's love to my see it. best case scenario. Making this whole year worth it if I could get that on camera. If you don't know, audience, look up Charlie Zalanoff. He's uh he's uh he's an internet weirdo. He likes troll. to fight troll. In gyms and uh, internet weirdo. Famously sucker punched Floyd Mayweather Sr. in a fight,
2: and then almost got murdered by Deontay Wilder while talking shit about his daughter.
0: Oh, Deontay <laughs> fucking nearly took his head off! My God, if, want,
2: if he didn't have his corn, his his coaches around him, I don't think Charlie Zelenoff would be walking today.
0: Fuck that! His coaches got in between them, and like. Deontay just fucking, like, one arm just, like, threw him to the side. He didn't, give a, he didn't give a fuck right there. Please, look that, Google that, YouTube that. Maybe put that, let's put that, fuck it, put that link in our description. Fucking Charlie off Deontay Wilder. Funniest shit I've ever seen.
2: Uh, all right, <laughs> one last fight that we want to talk about. I'm going to let Noah, you talk about this, because you were, you were talking... Real big talk about this fight. This is a great fight to start off the prelims. The very first fight of the night was Louis Kosey, uh, a, Dana, a Dana White Contender Series alum, just from this last season, making his UFC debut against Sasha Palatnikov. And Palatnikov, uh, Kosi almost finished in the first round. Great scrap. Mm-hmm. Palatnikov came back, ended up finishing uh, Kosi off in that third round with a KO-TKO um, in, in what was ended up being the fight of the night. Noah, take it away on this one.
0: I mean, shit! You really just said it all. It was a <laughs> phenomenal start. I mean, you. I, I I always say you should always tune into the prelims if you really want to see some like fun, wild scraps. Because a lot of the time, you know, you they'll surprise you and you'll find some guys who really just are hungry and want to prove themselves. And that's exactly what they did in this opening round. They did the, these guys were both hungry, but uh, you know. Paletnikov, I hope I'm saying that right. He, uh, like he just was, was really evasive. He was really slipping in some, like just a lot, a lot of high pressure punches and, um, God, what a fun, what a fun fight. And he also had those great leg wraps, those Cosmo and Wanda leg wraps. And those were, uh, those were a lot of fun to look at. So overall that was, uh, that was a, just a great way to start the night. They got to start the night with these high intensity, high pressure fights
2: more often. Yeah, and and just shout out as you were saying to those leg wraps. I love when the guys come in with uh, like, I, I like they used to have different colors, they were nice, nice and neon. It mm-hmm. they were, they were, they added a little bit of flair to him, it makes him a bit more memorable. I'm not gonna lie. It's I like when guys Wanda. like him or like 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 Sean like, or like Sean O'Malley who do a little something just to make themselves a bit more memorable, add a little bit of color, add a bit of flair, mm-hmm. and uh, make 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 the audience know who they are. Six nine really changed the world of marketing. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, you need, yeah, you got to get more face tattoos. That's that, more honestly. face tattoos, rainbow hair, anything that gives you a little bit of like a little flair, you know, easy
2: marketing right there. Anyone see that uh, that uh, before and after of uh, um, Sean O'Malley of who he was like five years ago and then what he looks like now? And it looks like he's like a former meth addict. He's gone God. through some terrible drug problems. He's-
0: he looks like he's related to like Post Malone or some shit. He looks,
2: he looks like <laughs> he looks like he spent three years in Hollywood and and oh. yeah. His,
0: his skin looks like wallpaper in like a house owned by smokers.
2: <laughs> All right, well let's God. move on. <laughs> We've got um,
0: some. But you know, news a quick snapshot. A quick snapshot is not you know.
2: <laughs> let's move on to the news. We have some really really big news from this week. Um, let's actually start off with the breaking news of the week. Um, that just this was announced maybe two hours ago, just before we started recording this podcast. Uh, it hasn't even been made official yet, but there's been rumors that apparently Peter Yan is out of his title fight against Aljamain Sterling. He has some sort of injury and will not be ready until January or maybe February. This is a game-changing, uh, uh, sorry, injury. We had what was supposed to be Amanda Nunes defending her belt and Jan defending his belt on this card, and that's why they wouldn't put Conor Poirier on this card. After all that drama, both those title fights are off, and it looks like, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to have to replace, um, and they're going to replace Jan with that 125-pound Davison Figueroa against Brandon Moreno bout. Um, but that's quite the turn. I hope that fight still happens in like pretty soon, though. I hope it happens in January mm-hmm. February as they're reporting it might.
0: Yeah, that's a real shame to lose that one. That was going to be a, a, a potential top fight of the uh, of, of the you know, last 12 months. Well, actually, wasn't so, uh,
2: Usman also supposed to be on that card?
1: Yeah, against Burns, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Oh my gosh, so we mm-hmm. lost all three title fights. Can you remember the last time we had three title fights on a card and all yeah. three fights fell out? And It's not like it's one fight that got rebooked and fell out again. It's three mm-hmm. different fights and, th- and all three the champion fell out of. That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. We flew too
0: close to the sun. We got burned. Can't you <laughs> tried to
2: have try to have it all, and you know it's just sometimes it's too much. <laughs> well, speaking of Connor Poirier, well, we do appear like it will actually happen, or sorry, it does appear to be fully booked and confirmed. Connor has signed his mm-hmm. agreements. Poirier has ha- signed his agreements. Dana announced at the press conference it will happen. It will happen. It looks like in Abu Dhabi, and it might actually have fans. What do you guys think are the chances that the UFC event in on in January, I think it's January twenty sixth, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong in on that one. What do you think the chances are that it has fans in attendance in a sold-out arena in Abu Dhabi? I don't
0: Probably think Dana good. would say
2: it if he didn't have certain assurances. That's actually a very good point. Dana does mm-hmm. not like to look like an idiot. But it's still <laughs> terrible fucking idea i don't know it depends on how i don't know how how the numbers are dana in Abu White Abu Dhabi, doesn't need to do
0: anything to you know dana white already made himself look like an idiot when he didn't respond to my dm
2: that's true man. it's true um, but yeah I, I think i don't know what the numbers are in Abu Dhabi right now i don't know what the the testing is like but i mean they were really responsible with fight island the first two times i i have to imagine that there's going to be some really really good uh defensive mechanisms in, involved here or they wouldn't be doing this i think they, if they're going to have fans, it's going to be done right, to be completely honest. I have a yeah, feeling. Considering I they think, were going to have fans, I think fans you're too optimistic. To be... I think
0: you're way too optimistic. I, I, first off, you're talking about like a full sold out show for Poirier Connor. Like when Dana says that, he doesn't mean, he means thousands, t- like tens of thousands. Yep. He's talking about
1: do, Really? That's what not- you're saying?
0: I think so. I, there's, there's no way when he's talking about a full crowd for Connor Poirier, I think you think 10, anyone he's talking. Wow,
1: about, I didn't know that.
0: I think I, I mean, that's just my assumption. That's just by what but, I'm but, but also,
2: but Noah, remember, there's going to be like, I, absolutely. If they have pans in attendance, they're going to have these like sheiks in attendance, right? They're going to have these mm-hmm. billionaire oil money, uh, 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 Saudis in attendance. So what, so these are not people who want to put themselves at risk. These are not people think, who are going to want to put, these are the so ones that are. These are people who are funding the event, man. Are. I don't know, man. I think I, 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 I. I yeah, they see only your point. care I, about packing into
0: the arena so that they can make I'm, money. Long-term consequences be damned. But it's their own
2: consequences. Millionaires get
0: pandemic fatigue too, you know. But I, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I, I do not like it. I think it's.
1: Gonna,
2: I don't like it either, but
1: I think that it's a very bad idea. Um it depends on the parameters I, like sorry just to jump in but I, I thought um I I thought that it was um just going to be like invite only that was talked about in the press conference with Dana that like maybe it would be a couple uh you know maybe like a thousand people but super spread out but I I didn't realize that the the plan is to get you know, like, know Dana, No Dana no Dana
2: said Dana said I'm not coming back until and that second sell out in Octagon I'm not going to a 20,000 person stadium and selling 10,000 seats he said that Mm. i i refuse to do that he wants to go all or nothing
0: here's the fun thing here's what i want to know if dana for this for a fight where dana if he packs an arena i want to know if he's sitting in that in that arena watching right next to the octagon as well or if he gets himself i don't know a nice little uh penthouse hotel room to watch the fight from that time i don't know that's a good point i think uh i think that would be very telling but uh, no, I don't think that these guys give a fuck. I don't think it's going to be handled in any smart way. I think it's all about making a shit ton of money because they've made, had a lot of losses this year. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be so optimistic about uh, their, I mean, Dana was all but saying like, oh, I, I hope that Trump because president so that we can pack arenas in America. There's no, if he's thinking to do that, there's no way he's thinking about the repercussions of this. And not to mention, I mean, like, how are they checking people to make sure they have COVID when they're going into places? They usually check their temperature. We There has been, like, a lot of uh, research coming out now showing that that's, like, completely just not helpful in uh, curbing the spread of the virus. I don't think it's going to be done in any smart, measured way at all. And uh, the, only, the only thing I can think of is if they get people vaccinated in there. And if that happens, I'm going to be
2: pissed when no, a bunch it, of a bunch billionaires get their yet. vaccination it, before it will, me. It, don't work. Chill out, dude. It's, it it's not going to happen that quickly. Um, not to that scale. Um, let, let's, let's move on past this because I think we were just waiting for a lot of information. And a lot, once the information comes in, we can talk a lot more and see what they're actually going to do. Uh, it's interesting to speculate, but I think it's just speculation at this point. Um, let's jump on to, back onto that December pay-per-view card because it also had some other big movement a major addition to that card in Tony Ferguson's return after that beat he took back in May and he's going to make that return against Charles DuBronx Oliveira in a crazy fight these guys are both i think this is the uh, the slashing and gashing elbow just uh, it's dis- like the Spider-Man Man
1: meme like, they're, yeah, like, yeah, because they
2: both, they, they both have very similar styles in the sense that they're both yeah. active on their feet. They're, they're, they're long, rangy fighters with who you like to use a lot of slashing elbows. They're very entertaining to watch, pressure fighters, and they both have unbelievable ground games. That is mm-hmm. such an exciting to wait, fight to watch everywhere. They're both so offensive in the BJJ as well. I cannot see one guy sitting in the other one's guard and just trying to lie there. It's going to be on the feet action or fucking BJJ and and, and ground and pound action the whole time. I'm so hyped for this fight. The um, mm-hmm. One thing I will say that goes a bit against Tony is that it's a three round fight. And Tony is a fucking workman In a five round fight. You can't outwork Tony Ferguson unless you mm-hmm. beat him up like Justin Gaethje did. Um, and I think that's going to go in do Bronx's favor a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess we'll sort of see what happens. I mean, if, they're not able to get Figueroa for uh, the title fight in December. I, I assume that that would be the main event that they would try and make Tony and Charles the main event.
2: I don't know if that can headline a, a pay per view though. I think if anything, if they can't, if I, they I, have nothing else to do, I have a I have a feeling what they could do is they can they can move it back. They can make Hums that maybe fight a week earlier against Leon, mm-hmm. and then make the pay per view on December nineteenth. Give Figueredo one more week to wait cut weight, and that might actually uh, that actually might help him. Um, I can potentially seeing that see that happening because they were talking about uh, maybe not actually having that that title fight be on on the uh, on the twelfth and actually being on the nineteenth. But I don't okay. see them I, I don't see them having a title fight on the nineteenth, but a pay per view on the twelfth. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I think they want to mm-hmm. keep Leon and Hamzat as a main event. I hope they do because I want to see that mm-hmm. as a five round fight for for they're,
0: they're not moving Hamzat off of the main event. I hope they don't. I I want to see it five rounds. I would do that. And Leon as well. Yeah. But like in terms of marketing, they don't they want Hamza
2: to be the name attached to like the UFC fight night. What if? And this is me. I don't know if this is at all possible. I might be completely uh, suggesting something that's impossible. What if they moved and just like straight up instead of moving it to the pay-per-view date, they moved the whole event. So instead of competing on the 19th they have no event right now on december 26th from my understanding right now the december 19th card is supposed to be the last card of the year Mm -hmm. they what if they did a a, a christmas card i don't think they want i don't don't think they can get enough fighters (laughs) to fight on the 26th i think that's the problem i don't think any any fighters would want to actually fight like that but Mm -hmm. that would be really cool yeah
0: that's the big thing is the fighters i think that they want to make sure that the fighters are uh are, are home oh. for Christmas. Oh, actually, I don't see sorry. Stephen Thompson not being home for Christmas. Actually, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, just,
2: I just realized no one is going to buy a pay-per-view on Christmas. Yes. Okay, so that's actually off the books. No one's watching fights on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what do you guys think about uh, Jose, Aldo, and uh, Vera? That was also added on. So that's going to be added on to the Khamzat card. So that Khamzat mm-hmm. card is being stacked I don't know mm-hmm. if I've seen a, um, a, a non-pay-per-view card this stacked since maybe that return of Fight Island when they were trying to stack some crazy cards. Uh, Such a great end of the year. To, it a, is, to a very yeah. great
0: year of fights
2: i mean march marlon Cheeto vera you were noah you've been talking shit saying oh man nothing happens when you beat a hype guy like sean o'malley you don't get shit well yes he did noah this man got jose aldo as his next opponent Wait, when did i talk that shit what are you talking you, about you're saying that like that's something i say all the time you, you do you've mentioned <laughs> at least three or four times on the podcast you've been like yeah well we all know if you beat a hype prospect nothing happens where's marlon Cheeto vera now well this is where he is and man if he beats Jose Aldo. Yep. He has right, arguments all right, all right, all right. for a title shot. Yeah, anyone that beats Jose Aldo Huge has arguments for a title shot. Like and the biggest, like the biggest if in the world. He's not he's winning that fight. No man, Marlin is an animal. He is. He has yep, crazy ground and pound. He is This is Jose fucking Aldo. No man, I
0: think he's who a looked competitive very fight. competitive in his title fight up until the end. Mm, by I, the way,
2: I, I think I think Cotto Barra has a very good chance. You here.
0: are. You must be misremembering jose's last time he uh-huh. lost and it was but it was extremely competitive until it wasn't and vera is, oh, is like not on that level if it's very competitive until the very last moment where you catch a shot and like you're fucked like that still says a lot about like he, he can competitively fight for a title i don't think vera's there yet i think that i think that this is uh i think this is jose's fight
1: if you ask me
2: i i think and the,
1: it, this fight is three rounds too so
2: I think it can go either way. I really, I really do think that that Vera has a chance. I think he's going to surprise you here. I'm not going to say I favor him necessarily. I would put, I wouldn't put Aldo at higher than like a minus 140, minus 150 though. Um, I, I think it's a very, very close fight.
0: I think you're underestimating Aldo. Aldo has looked great. He hasn't had the most success uh, because you know the best guys are absolutely phenomenal in uh, in the division. But like he's looked like compared to how people thought he would do with his weight cut and how he was looking, like he's He's been great in the octagon. He is competitive, and can I, can this is I his work? biggest drop in competition.
2: All right, and he's looked very competitive against tougher guys. So let me tell you some guys that Marlon Vera has beaten. He's beaten Brian Boom Kelleher. Uh, he was uh, coming into into the Sean O'Malley fight. He had a five fight winning streak, and then he lost to, to Song Dong by split decision. But Most people would actually say that he should have won that fight. So he was on a six-fight winning streak, according to most people, coming into that Sean O'Malley fight. Now he'd be a seven-fight winning streak. This is no slouch that we're talking about. Marlon Vera's been around Mm -hmm. for a long time, and he's a fucking animal, dude. And and Jose's not? Jose is too. But I I think you're underestimating who who he's fighting up against. I think Marlon's hungry. I think he's on his way up, and Jose... I don't know if he's on his way down, but he's not on his no. way up anymore. I mean, he's not on his – he's not – I mean, he's, totally. he's on a
0: slow decline, but he's still oh, yeah. extremely competitive Correct. against the title holder, keep in mind. So, so, like, no, you should go back and watch that fight because up until the end, he was highly competitive. For the first three rounds, and, he was competitive. Uh, before yeah, highly, he was highly competitive. And this is not a five-round fight. And also, not to – listen, I mean, uh, Vera beat O'Malley – Yes. With, you know, that leg kick was phenomenal, although a fluke, although a fluke. Yeah, agreed. And I think that up until that point, I mean, he didn't look like, like I still, I thought that, that O'Malley was going to beat him. If I don't, th- but, I think if it
2: wasn't for that leg kick, O'Malley would have beat him. I, absolutely. But O'Malley is, but look at how O'Malley fights. He's night and day compared to Jose Aldo. Uh, uh, um, O'Malley's a, a movement fighter. He's a footwork fighter. He dances around. He sticks and moves. You can't touch O'Malley. He touches you. O'Malley goes with a feints and the fakes. That is not at all how Jose Aldo fights. Jose Aldo fights like a Muay Thai fighter. He walks you in. He throws those leg kicks. He walks you down. He pressures you. That is not at mm-hmm. all even similar to how O'Malley fights. And, so I don't think you can even compare in terms the two. Of that, and
0: in terms of those skills,
2: though, Jose Aldo is still able to be competitive at the highest, highest levels. I guess we'll see. I think, I think I, 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 I I'm not, again, I'm not saying I think for sure that Marlon will win. I think it's going to be a very close fight. And I think it can go either way. We'll see. I think it's great matchmaking, that's for sure. And I mean, it's got some, uh, it's got some fire out of us. So clearly, it's great matchmaking, If people are, if people are talking about it, excited about it. It's Got some fire out it. of the,
0: the, guy who hates old people, the guy who hates <laughs> oh, old I fucking, people. I
2: love Aldo. I think I'll Aldo's a beast. Need to You're Aldo. gonna say I love
1: old people. <laughs> 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 All
2: right, uh, what uh, uh, is actually on this card? As we were saying, it's, it's a stack card. There's also gonna have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against Jeff Neal. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that card today. We're going to talk about that right after, I guess, on December 13th, we'll be talking about that card quite a bit. Um, so tune on into that episode on that Smash Sunday. Uh, but we want to fight talk about another fight that was booked a couple days ago. Another massive fight. Dude, I literally jumped out of my chair when I saw this fight was booked. We have Max Holloway finally making his return, finally fighting someone who is not from Australia. <laughs> and he will be fighting against Calvin Cater. This is going to be a high firepower match. I think that Cater has some of the best boxing in the UFC, but Holloway is just phenomenal with his boxing. So I, this is a real test to see, can Calvin really outbox the bet, one of the best boxers out there? His fight against Zabit was close, but it was really the flashiness of Zabit that I think let him take over. It was the fact that Zabit has so many different looks. And, and has this aura about him. I think Calvin learned a lot from this fight. I think he's going to be able to put it on Holloway a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still think Holloway, being Max Holloway, is going to win, especially in a five-round fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Holloway
0: hasn't lost a step. You know, he He's just now the guy who has the title is just a guy who can probably like six out of ten him, by which I mean beat him six times out of ten probably. I agree. So, I mean... In general, though, it doesn't mean Max's skills haven't diminished. So, I mean, you know, I I think that it's going to be – I think that that division is going to be tied up pretty much – I think we're going to be in a situation where it's going to be Max continually trying maybe at least one or two more times for for that belt uh, against Volkanovsky because I don't don't see anyone really beating Max. um, But I don't see Max frequently beating Volkanovsky, and I definitely wouldn't see him, like, holding a title defense against uh, Volkanovsky. I think that that division is pretty damn well tied up right now.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, It's fine. um, It means everyone's got to get better. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely uh, excitement with um, Ortega back and, you know, eventually Zabit and, um, yeah, Ayr should fight. Um, I actually think there's, you know, depending how this fight goes with Cater, like I actually think there's quite a few good fights in 155 for Holloway. You know, Dana wasn't, like, uh, I remember after the uh, Poirier fight, Dana says, no, I want to see him back at 145. Um, but I actually think there are some pretty competitive matchups at 155. And, you know, as he gets older, I'm sure the weight cut won't get any easier.
2: So I, that's a really interesting point. I think it's really difficult because I do still think he was outmatched. He was out He's out powered really, against Poirier. And you can just tell that there was a size difference. You could tell there was a difference in power. And yet, yeah. The 145 pound weight cut cut is really tough for Max already and is only going to get more difficult. I just can't see him. I can see him being successful at 155. I can't see him becoming the 155 pound champion. It's a really tough spot for him because when you have a guy like Volkanovsky who's beaten you twice already, you're going to have to win a couple fights to get that rematch. And I don't know, maybe he can beat Volkanovsky, but in a fourth fight, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to win twice against Volkanovsky in a row. I don't think he can, I wouldn't favor him though. Um, Additionally, I actually feel really, really bad for Calvin Cater in a way. And I, I almost put him in the same category as I, I almost think of it as kind of similarly to how I th- think of Anderson Silva. So Max Holloway was a champion forever. It seems like, and it seemed like everyone off for so long was just thinking, Oh, who's going to beat Max Holloway before that was Jose Aldo, but it was to Max Holloway for a while now. Well, now, Max Holloway is still that same guy. I don't think he's taken any steps down from when he was a champion. So beating him is just as hard as it was before. And if you beat Max Holloway a year ago, you were the champion of the world now. People were like, holy shit, you just beat Max Holloway. How did you do that? You're a legend. Now, if you beat Max Holloway, which is just as difficult, big name, really impressive. All right, now you get to fight for the belts. Now you get to maybe make, make become champion. You get to have an opportunity. Your reward is fucking Alexander Volkanovsky mm-hmm. and you don't even get pay per view points for it. Yeah, I just feel so bad for the guy. And it's funny with Anderson Silva when he lost to Wideniz. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. It's funny how you
0: say, yeah, you you know a year ago, it's if you beat Volkanovsky, you'd be a fucking legend. You're like uh, the Holloway. best fighter in the world, or if you beat Holloway. Volkanovski did that and everyone fucking hates
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone oh, oh. fucking just talks shit. Uh, doesn't actually, believe him. No, but to be to be fair, that's because of the second fight. If you look at, at the odds coming into that second fight, you know what the odds were? It was like mm-hmm. two and a half to one for Volkanovski going into the, into the rematch. Uh, mm-hmm. Black's was not supposed to do as well he did, as he did in the rematch, which again, I think yeah. he, he did lose. I think Volkanovski did win that rematch besides but the point though i'm talking
0: in, in terms of like the public opinion but, like odd, yeah. odd makers the
2: damned and so yeah you're right the, the it wasn't quite there but i think it was partly because of the way that max reacted after kind of saying mm-hmm. i don't he didn't really feel like he lost which i think he clearly did that first fight yeah, um yeah but it's just That's so fight, yes. it just sucks i just feel so bad because imagine if calvin cater knocks out max holloway a year ago or calvin cater Mac- knocks out max holloway in two months and the difference in, in impact that would make in calvin cater's life
0: yeah, it's The nature of the sport Always changing
2: uh, Alright This is time now for Noah For you to take it away oh, On your experience Of viewing last night's Fight Circus And by Fight Circus I am not talking once again About Mike Perry against Tim Means I am not talking about any of the UFC fights I am talking about the event Fight Circus 2 that The, the event of the year In Thailand last night Noah take it away
0: It took place in Thailand in reality, but on my TV or on my, on my computer screen, it took place uh, live streaming on a porn site. Uh, So cam soda has, uh, I guess teamed up with, uh, or started up something called the fight circus. I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but there's been two of them this year. And um, it's exactly what it sounds like. So when I tuned in, the first round I tuned in for was the spinning ninja shit round. That was the round where they had two fighters um who were only allowed to attack with spinning attacks just a lot of capoeira spinning kicks the only really effective strikes in that round were one guy landed like four spinning elbows and those were the only hits like strikes that really landed He still lost and then the uh and then the commentators argued about whether it was racist that he lost because he beat him. It was a whole fucking mess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, There was the fight between uh, uh, the members of a new metal band and the members of a punk rock band. Uh, They just slugged at each other. They fought, not much else to say there, a bunch of skinny, weird music nerds fighting each other. Um, So that was uh, a fucking mess, of course. They had big fat boxer versus uh, very, very tiny Muay Thai fighter. That was a good one. They also had big, fat, regular dude on the street versus two tiny, tiny boxers all in one, just in, in one thing. There was a bare knuckle boxing match. They had this same mercy leg kick match, which was very, very fun. That's a, where hold, you just okay. alternate leg kicks against someone. Until so let's someone let's, let's says, stop on that for uncle. a second.
2: I want to talk about that. That has to be the most amazing idea I've heard ever. Because I think the the, the, the same mercy, like trading punches, like that slap, the Russian slap contest. That's fucking stupid. You're just giving each other brain damage. But this right, right. here, you're fucking each other's legs up. You can't walk without one for, it's, for, for it's, weeks. It's amazing. Or months. Oh, it's both. But it is it is amazing. But this is a brilliant idea. I would pay pay. I don't pay. I I don't know if I would pay for uh, for a Russian slap fighting contest, but I would pay good money. To watch Jose Aldo and and Max Holloway or or to watch um or to watch like uh uh, sorry Justin Gaethje against Edson Barboza just trading leg kicks one for one until one of them taps out that (laughs) that is everything for me put it take my money shut up and take my money I need to see that
0: (laughs) well guess what totally free totally free i uh you just i i found a link and it's just on their main Tam soda website so just you know next time they do it keep an eye out for fight circus you watch it for free and you know who else watched it you know who who watched it it in person we got a phenomenal surprise appearance from the man himself the legend mr bob Sapp.
2: the walking fight circus the boulder, the, 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 the oak tree. So I gotta ask Noah, how, how does he look? Is he, is, I, I, I haven't seen him in years. Is he, is he yoked? Like he's still on, is he still on roids or is he, is he's he now fucking kind of humongous? Back? He's never, that man never got off the roids. Oh, he's still on he the is. roids. I, I imagine he like, he went, he went off the roids and then he like kind of melted into a blubber ball. <laughs> no, he's still on it. That's good. Respect. Respect. Guy's
0: a, guy's a fucking animal. And I mean, I'm so glad that he. I'm. I, I'm sure that they gave him like a personal invitation because I mean, how can you have the fight circus you think without paid, the <laughs> fight circus? Do you think
2: they? Do get paid him in juice?
0: I think they probably fed him with the all you, with the t- you know tickets to the all you can eat buffet. Oh, I was not saying drinking juice, but okay. I know. I, I, okay. I know. But uh, you know, he's a chunky guy. <laughs> I'm sure he brought his own steroids. The food they had to. They had to. They had to sweeten the pot a little bit. Gotcha. But yeah, only in Thailand could they air something so Beautiful. outrageously fucking ridiculous. And I'm so pleased that I got to uh, experience it. The first Fight Circus is up on YouTube in its, tot- in, in, you know, its full three and a half hour duration. I'm sure they're going to upload this one to uh, the Cam Soda YouTube account. So go ahead, go on YouTube, Fight Circus. Just fucking skip to any point in those three and a half hours and you're going to
1: find something stupid. It's going to be great. <laughs> Have you guys ever watched uh, Ellis Mania? The comedian Jason I have, Ellis. I haven't
2: seen it, yet, but I know. I, I so I'm a huge fan of the BYM. I believe you, me podcast. Right, with, right, yeah. With L- Bisping L- Lewis and, with, with, the- and Lewis and and and, and Lewis's and, and so their producer, uh, Mike Harrington, yeah, actually Harrington. just bought <laughs> just bought the producer on of Ellis's podcast in the octagon and no, it, was, it was on
1: a it was on a oh, um, floating floating uh uh
0: platform on a in lake. water so it's like one of those like things where you have the big q-tip things and you like like no no boxing, push them off, boxing but while match. they're but boxing instead yes yes i was like that's well, what so- they should do with the leg kicks things like you stand on a raised platform and then when you're finally you lose when your legs get kicked out from under you and you fall into the water or something <laughs> or like fire <laughs> i don't know
1: Um, but Jason Ellis, like the comedian has had like, uh, many crazy fights with UFC fighters that are just like weirdly sanctioned. Uh, like there was a, a Shane, him versus Shane Carwin, but Shane Carwin had one hand, uh, tied behind his back. Um, he once like boxed Uriah Faber and Uriah Faber was just in jeans and a hat. I, it's just like weird matchups. That's fucking great. <laughs> fucking if he awesome. li- did, did, did he like lose the
0: fight? If he lost like you, he's going to try and knock you out. All you have to do is take his pat.
2: <laughs> so appar- <laughs> apparently at Alice Mania this year, apparently they fought it with blindfolds on. So the four of them just went, put boxing gloves on, all went in with blindfolds and start fucking swinging for the fences. And no one died. Oh. I don't know how no one died. Cause uh, honestly, just- it's the, as they say, it's the, it's, the, it's the shots you don't see coming. And when you have these big guys just throwing <laughs> wild shots, it's gonna hit someone and someone's going out like that's yeah
0: stupidest thing i've ever heard you you know what you got to do is you got to just spit spread your arms out and just spin around and walk oh my and, god uh, you, you'll you'll oh hit god. someone
2: yeah you know how problem is, is if you, you get if you get hit in like no, the you're back gonna of fall. the head while you're spinning around you're gonna get like a mega concussion no i know bro you're, you're gonna you're gonna follow a trip you, you can't keep your balance when you're standing without with your imagine swinging with your eyes closed on a teetering fucking thing now imagine trying to spin you die that's not the problem if you spin fast enough you're gonna start flying Oh,
1: that's- oh shit. And yeah and then well then you got a whole other man
2: you're your invincible hands. dude then he can't reach <laughs> you
0: yeah but you know this is why you've got to discuss the rules ahead of time and i don't think with i don't think that these fight circuses and uh other such and i, I put all of these freak events under the under fight circus categorization i don't think that they are uh, too concerned with the rules
2: all right. To very briefly address the obvious, of course, Adam unfortunately did have to go for the last little bit of the podcast, but he will be back next week. However, to continue our conversation, you don't before, know that. You don't. I hope, I hope you know, he does. Wait, wait, wait. You know, what, are you, what
0: are you? Some kind of a some kind
2: of a clairvoyant over here? I, I, I know. Thi- I know things, Noah. Okay. <laughs> things. Right. Open your third eye, boys. <laughs> yeah, but but to continue our conversation before to talk about more fight circuses, the fight circuses are not done, Noah. We have one more Fight Circus next week. It is not under the name Fight Circus, but it is indeed a Fight Circus. In Roy Jones fight circus. Jr. taking on Mike Tyson at a combined age of over 100 years old. Oh, God. Now, <laughs> I hate fight, that you said now, that. This fight is not a real fight, apparently. It's an exhibition match. There will be no judges. There will be no knockouts. It is just, quote, hard sparring. They've both been told they will not be allowed to attack the referee or not, not at least uh, try to knock each other out. The referee is going to be talking to them before the fight, making sure they don't go too aggressive. What's the referee going to do? I, I think, think that when you, have, when you have a live animal and Mike Tyson throwing bombs, you only need him to throw two or three and it's going to end the life of a 40. I don't know how old, 48. I think you're old Roy Jones, Jr. It is scary. But Roy Jones probably has more movement than Tyson at this point. And I think if it goes more than two rounds, it's Roy Jones on that third round.
0: I don't even want to think about this. This makes me feel disgusting in the same way of um, Chocolate Liddell and Tito Tito Ortiz. And yet, you're going to watch it. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) You're going to watch the shit out of it. I mean, yeah, whatever. (laughs) What am I? Some kind of like a fucking fucking idiot? (laughs) Of course I'm watching
2: that shit. Everyone's watching that shit. Bet's on. Who are you calling? Roy Jones Mike Tyson? Uh, it, sorry, sorry. It actually there's no winner, but in your own mind, if you were, if you're gonna score it in your own head, who are you gonna, who would you score it for? Who do you think you're gonna score it for?
0: Like, I don't, I don't know shit about boxing. I certainly don't know Roy Jones Jr.'s career. I barely even know Mike Tyson's career. So, with that said, um Mike Tyson's got in the bag, obviously. Fun. I mean, he's
2: Mike Tyson. Um, and I, I actually here's the more, to be honest, that's not really the fight I'm hyped for. Um. That, that's the Jake the Paul fight, fight. happening. The, that, is that, that happening, dude. The Jake Paul against Nate Robinson fight. This is probably the best fight of the year, I think. I think is the, that the next fight, week? This is the fight of the year. This is the co main event to Mike Tyson. Is yes! Jake Paul, Nate yes! Robinson, a basketball player against for. a YouTube fight, uh, fighter? And they will be fighting. I think <laughs> whoever, whoever wins this fight, I think is probably the fight of the year for 2020, in my opinion. Um, I, think, I don't I know what you, you see, call. hold
0: on. You sold Jake Paul's a YouTube fighter he's a youtuber he's a musician he's a podcaster oh a musician he's, you call him a musician he is uh he's a he is a he is a, a, he's great a, he's a sound maker
2: he's a sound maker he makes sounds.
0: he is a he is a maker of music and much in the same vein as the beatles were makers of music oh yes and um prolific prolific he's cha- he's changing the rap game he's changing the youtube game he's changing the podcast game now he's changing the fight game jake paul is He's a Muhammad Ali, I would say. And guess what? Guess what? Dana White, he didn't read, he doesn't read my DMs. He doesn't want to come on the podcast. Jake Paul, market next week. Hey, Jake Paul. Market on your talent.
2: Jake Paul will be on the Smashcast Jake Paul on November 29th, 2020. Boom. I I, 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 I
0: wanted it to be a surprise. I really wanted it to be a surprise. Oh no, dude,
2: I want to get some views. But
0: we can't, you know, we I have to build up
2: the you got to build the Absolutely.
0: Fight. Jake Jake Paul is coming on to our podcast. He's going to do an exclusive performance of his new song and um, he's going to, you know, he's just going to talk, talk, you know, wax poetic about the fight game, about his philosophy through life.
2: Yeah, but let, let's let's move on to our, our kind of background fight. Um, this is a bit of a, eh, no one really cares about the fight when you're talking about Jake Paul, but I mean, if you're going to go to the real, I guess, the, the, the casuals who don't really know fighting, they're going to be watching mm. the Curtis Blades against mm. Derek Lewis, that is accurate. Curtis honestly, Blades,
0: Derek Lewis, never heard of them. What? What? How many? How many songs have they put out? How many streams on Spotify do they have? Huh?
2: Oh, we need Tyron Woodley to come in here. I want to do Tyron Woodley against Jake Paul in a rap contest. Holy
0: shit! <laughs> I I wanted it to be a surprise. I really didn't want to, I really didn't want to let you guys know. Rap battle next week. Tyron Woodley, Jake He's be Paul. <laughs> it, it's they're gonna they're gonna do a rap battle while they're fighting.
2: Okay, um, yeah, but in all in all, seri- in all seriousness, Curtis Blades against uh, against Derek Lewis is actually a very influential and a very exciting fight uh, for the heavyweight yeah. division. Um, we're gonna see that that just get up technique of Curtis of, of Derek Lewis against Curtis Blades. Lewis says he's actually gonna try to wrestle Blades, and he thinks he can offensively wrestle Blades, which I would be shocked if he could do. I'd be yeah. hyped if he could do. If I could see Derek Lewis offensively wrestling Curtis Blades. <laughs> I will be all in on him on on yeah. on, on, on Derek Lewis.
0: Well, Derek Lewis is no slouch, you know, in the, in the grappling game. I think, and uh, you know, he's definitely since he's lost a little bit of weight and cut, cut a little bit. He's just he's so much more slippery while still maintaining that that same like unbelievable strength that he has. Uh, God, what 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 a matchup! This is a this is a fun one. Um, and it's Derek, hard to who is, say
2: who's going to win this match. So here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the ugliest, the sloppiest fourth and fifth round you've ever watched. Like, Data, like Data 5000 or 3000, yeah. whatever the fuck his name is, against Kimbo Slice, kind of third yeah. round. Like, of it's... two guys who can't walk, just yeah. falling on each other.
0: <laughs> and that's, I think that's... Heart in there. So you're worried about this fight going from a great fight to a fight circus. Yes,
2: I, that's exactly what... I'm yeah. worried I'm going to have to turn on the Nate Robinson against, uh, against Jake Paul fight, because it's going to be more entertaining than this by the end of the fight let's i guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see
0: um i i'm hopeful that lewis you know he has more energy to expend since he's cut weight uh, a little bit and um
2: hey that's all it's going to take is that is that one hard punch so uh so hopefully it doesn't get to to that point exactly um Mm -hmm. we also have a great co-main event actually this is a this i didn't even know this was coming i didn't know this was booked until i looked it up damn Hanato Moikano mm-hmm. is making his comeback against Rafael Fazayev. Fazayev is this Thai fighter. Um, I, I I don't he's not from Thailand. Um, but he's a he's a he's a Muay Thai style fighter. He trains at a Tiger Muay Thai. He's a he's a teammate, I believe, of Peter Yan. Um, mm-hmm. this guy has some of the craziest trunk movement I've ever seen. You know how guys go for those big uh those, those big kick, head kicks, and you have seen mm-hmm. some guys do the fucking matrix avoiding yeah, yeah. those head kicks. Yeah. Fazayev has the best matrix avoidance of head kicks I've ever seen in the Um, UFC. I've seen him do it um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Morning Combat, they have this thing, they have this, this uh, segment called Have You Seen This Shit on their Monday show, where they mm-hmm. just do like these these highlights of, of MMA from like these like underground MMA shows, or like animal on human violence of dumbasses doing stupid shit getting hurt. Um, yep. It's a great compilation uh, from Sounds 10 fun. minutes at the end of the show. It's, it's awesome. Well, they showed if, about a year ago, oh, this random like Muay Thai fight where this guy did this crazy Matrix. Mm-hmm. Then Fazayev comes into the Octagon and does the exact same thing. Turns out it was Fazayev from a yeah. year ago. And they're like, and he did the exact same thing. They played it side by side. Last time he did it. He, the guy is really fun to watch. He's some great stand-up. Mm-hmm. And Henato Moikano is also quite a beast. He uh, has gotten knocked out by Korean zombie. He has mm-hmm. gotten knocked out by Jose Aldo, but he's got also beaten some top-level guys, and he was fast-tracked for the title before he lost to Aldo. Um, he mm-hmm. was supposed to fight Holloway if he had beaten Hal- Aldo that ended up going to Volkanovski when he beat Aldo mm-hmm. instead. So well, that's a good, 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 fight. That's a good fight to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the other fight I wanted to mention, and I am I was shocked that this is so yeah. low on the card, mm-hmm. Anthony Lionheart Smith making his comeback after his recent loss to Alexander Rockich and his previous loss to Glover Teixeira. He's coming back against Devin Clark in a quite a step up for Devin Clark, but quite a step down for mm-hmm. Anthony Smith, both an opponent and where he is on the card. And buzz, there's no mm-hmm. buzz behind this. No one's no. talking about Anthony Smith. I don't think Anthony Smith has ever been the most marketable guy. I think
0: he's, he's great, very. He's a great talker. He's, a... I think... he's he's a great guy. I love. I, I like him, but I don't think that he's a guy that's going to get like mainstream attention. I ever. think
2: he. When he's on the broadcast, when he talks, he's really good to listen to. When he he does interviews, he's a really interesting guy to talk, to listen to. Mm -hmm. I think he, I would like to see a future for him as a commentator in the Octagon. I'd really like to see more. Or at the very least, maybe not as a commentator in the Octagon, at least in those post-fight, pre-fight shows. I think he's a really, really, really interesting guy to talk to. Mm -hmm. He's a very, very intelligent man. Oh, yeah. Very analytical. um, Very analytical. and. I don't know if he's going to be champion anymore. He has so much respect. He has everyone's respect. I'd like to see him make that transition. Yeah. Paul Felder. Yeah. I mean,
0: let's see how this fight goes because, you know, maybe he just needs one good win to get his confidence back and he can get back in there. We have to also remember, I mean, I know who's to say, you know, how how this weighs on his mind, but he had that very traumatic incident where he had to fight off a home invader, which – absolutely has a, takes a mental health, you know, a toll on your mental health when you're fighting every day. Um, So who knows how much that has impacted him? You know, I don't want to speculate on that, but you know, maybe he just needs a good win to get his confidence back. And, you know, maybe then he can start, uh, you know, getting some high level competition, but I'm not surprised with how he's being marketed or rather how he's not being marketed Mm -hmm. because yes, he's intelligent, analytical, you know, very interesting to listen to but you know who gets the mainstream attention? Characters. Anthony Smith, he's not a character. He's himself. He's just a good, he's just a good nice guy to listen to who's smart and, you know, clearly has, you know, some strong critical thinking skills, but he's not, he's not a character. He's not playing like an entertaining character. He's someone that people who really like, who, who, you know, already like him, it's going to add to his stock but I don't think it's going to take a mainstream fan I, and make them a big fan. I put, of him.
2: I put him in the Paul Felder category of a guy who is just all a blood and guts fighter has everyone's mm-hmm. respect an absolute warrior never mm-hmm. gives up is a top has really good skill. Isn't just not going to be a champion, but also mm-hmm. just a great talker. And I'd like to make mm-hmm. him again, as I said, I'd like to see him make that transition. I'm mm-hmm. um, an analyst. I'd like that.
0: Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I actually just, I, cause I forgot to mention this earlier and sucks. I can't gauge Adam's opinion. Uh, but when you brought up Paul Felder, uh, you know, made me think of his little weight cutting rant. I don't know if you saw John annick's suggestion for um, weight cut for, you know, people missing their weight cut. I wanted to get your, your opinion on it. What he thinks should happen is rather than losing 20% of your purse, if you miss weight, you are no longer fighting for a win. You are fighting for a no contest. Those are your options. If you, uh, he suggests, those are your only options. You either lose or you, or you get a no contest. I kind of like that I think that that's a very
2: smart idea honestly I don't I, I just don't think anyone's going to fight anymore I think it's just going to completely eliminate all fights that where someone misses weight it's just yeah it's be- I think it, it would it would fix the problem I just don't know if it would cause I think it would cause a little bit too many too much I think maybe I, I would I think maybe this would be a threshold so maybe when you're maybe if you miss by more than three pounds let's say yeah, that might be uh, right. Like that, then, then. That might be a solid idea. I just think, like, if you miss by half a pound, or if you miss by a pound, like, yeah, I agree, it makes a difference, and it's not fair. But shit, that's that's pretty. That's pretty extreme. It's, it sucks, but I think that there's a lot of the time. Like,
0: I don't, I don't. I'm not intimately knowledgeable about you know how weight cutting works, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fighters who it's like they are not able to do it it seems like you can do it it's just it's a horrible experience and it's a motivation thing you have to push yourself through an awful experience you
2: don't know you honestly don't know and you see people that are on their deathbeds making weight or not making weight even Mm -hmm. Um, you, I think, I think there are for sure cases like that. I just think we can't make a generalization because there's a lot of cases where these guys, sure. I think weight cutting is just super dangerous. I think overall, I'd like to see it does not be a thing. I'd like to see them put in some sort of other, other like the hydration tests like they do in one in one, whether or not that works, we don't yeah, know.
0: I, I'm not too knowledgeable about alternative, alternative yeah. methods of, uh, you know, making people having to make weight, but I mean, I don't ever want to see a situation again. Like, I mean, if, uh, if Perry, was you know a more skilled fighter, oh, and he came sure. in with all that extra muscle and power he had. He could have killed someone.
2: Okay, I, I mean that can happen anyway. I don't think it's the weight necessary that you can say that. I mean, I, like yes, it might maybe it's a major no, advantage. No, it gives him the advantage. I don't think that that it, you can be like, oh man, he um, this is more dangerous because they're not making weight. But anyway, regardless, I I, I agree. There has to be. They have to do something about it because at this point it's getting a little ridiculous. And uh, I'd like to see them just get rid of weight cutting. Yeah. Um. I mean, that, sure. All right. Yeah, before we move on, before we finish off the show, I just want to shout out one fight that I think is going to be the fight to watch on the week, the fight, the low-key fight of the week. I think you should make this a new thing, the low-key fight of the week, and my low-key fight of the week is Spike Carlisle, the alpha ginger. Uh, He is taking on on this weekend. Wow, I don't even remember who he's taking on. Let me check. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know it's funny that this is your top uh, underrated fighter of the week because this is also my uh another segment that would that we like to pepper in sometimes my top
2: fighter name of the week okay His name so let's spike go, we'll go enough to explain myself oh forget that no no not even am gonna so he, spike carly is taking on bill Algio. spike carly is a man to watch he's so much fun to watch he is he is he's a power striker he is a power wrestler he just comes in to take your head off but noah if you're going to talk about why he's the fighter name of the week forget spike i don't know why you're underselling this do you know what his nickname is this man is the alpha ginger how can you be making a big deal about his name being spike when his name is the spike the alpha ginger carlisle
0: soulless motherfucker
2: is going to take souls kill no he's going to come and take your soul he has no soul he knocks you out takes your soul and he still doesn't have a soul after but he tried so
0: he's still hungry. He's always hungry. Always hungry. He's always looking to take your fucking soul. So top name, top underrated fight of the week. And it's the first fight next week, first 7 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody tune in. Watch that one.
2: Spike, Carlisle, Bill, Bill Algio. All right. Well, for uh, well, I guess that is going to be it for our uh, for our episode this week. As always, please like the video, comment, subscribe. Sorry that we couldn't Adam couldn't make it quite to the end there but he will be back next week we hope. <laughs> yeah, he'll be ba- he'll be back with uh, Jake Paul, Tyron with- Woodley and
0: please everybody message Dana White tell, tell him come on, come, the on come on the smash cast. We can get a good lineup for next week. And it's going to be our biggest show yet.
2: And if he comes, we'll take this episode down. We'll get rid of all that shit talking we did for him. I don't know if he'll like that so much, but it's okay. We'll get it. We'll get there.
0: Dana, Dana White's a shit talker. He'll understand.
2: Yeah, he'll understand That's All right. I'd like
0: this. Maybe he can do a rap battle with, uh, with, with three really. of the guys as well. That's yeah. true. You know, we'll we'll and find, find out who's the greatest rapper alive right now. Possibly Dana White. <laughs>
2: Well, on that note, for Noah, for Adam, who left earlier, and for myself, Rowie, we are out, and we will see you next week.
1: hmm